Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Duckies and Dargons. My name is Mayhem, and as always, I am your DM for the evening. Hope you're all having a fantastic week. We are back on our regularly scheduled recording night. It's Thursday, everybody. And it feels weird to say that this is the second session within a seven-day period. And now I'm really depressed because I realize that after tonight we have seven days rather than four before we get to our next session. So yay, I think. But anyway, before we jump into tonight's session, we need to go through the briefest of recaps because I have a lot of stuff planned for tonight and I'm sure my players would like to get into it. Uh, when last we left off, the Disaster Trio had gone through their preparation time in the run-up to them departing from Z not just Amdale, uh, but Zyuria in, to in, in totality as they were heading towards the exiled continent of Venora. During their preparation time, they did some light reading and threw books at other library users. Thanks, Alera. Although you were aiming for Zaris, you didn't hit. You didn't it hit. was the old lady that threw the book, not me. Could you I not blame think, me, please? I think, I think you're the guy agreed that pigs fly. Okay, no, so um, he, uh, he was on something. Okay, and he just assumed it was Lara. So listen, I'd like to clarify, listen. That. I'd like to clarify that, that now. It was not a Lara. It was the, the guy dice. that thought pigs could fly because he said that it was a nice old <laughs> librarian there, not a librarian. Nice the dice, the dice oh. were not in your favor in that in that scene. Oh, you know, but they were. It was. It was. It was a. No. Uh, no, 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 no. It was an 18. It was an 18. So, uh, I don't know why you thought it was low. Moving on from there, our party were no, then... We're, not moving. we're going back to it. No, we're not. <laughs> Here we are. The party were then told <laughs> that it would be probably be within their best interest to go off in search of some survival equipment um, during the time between Sunday's session and today's session. I have said to all of my players that I found it absolutely hilarious that not one of them went off and did the stereotypical thing of buying a healing potion. <laughs> we did that earlier. Well, you bought one, and then no, Zaris... No, no, I did not buy one. I bought a couple. A, a couple. Fine, you bought two. And then Zaris no, went off you and... You more than a couple, because I got cigarettes as well. I'm going to plead my case here. Okay, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Take me to the core of the crime. <laughs> Objection, you're saying? <laughs> Uh, I object to your objection. You can stick your objection right where the sun don't shine. You okay, can stick okay. your dice where. <laughs> okay, Johnny Depp versus Amber. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Objection to everything. Hang on. Objection. Hang on, I, gotta, I gotta blow my nose. Give me a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> right, okay. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, Anon actually did go off and buy some quote-unquote survival equipment as well as 30 loaves of bread that she bought, and then out of session, Zaris revealed to the entire group, oh yeah, by the way guys, I can cook. So, yeah. If, if it makes everybody happy, I have enough food you have to... En you have enough food to feed like the majority of the entire capital. We're gonna get mugged. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. Anyway, you were told <laughs> to go and seek out Theon, who runs the Draconic Airway. You met with Theon, and you saw his two prized possessions, his red and amethyst young dragons, and uh, he informed you that you guys had a one-month time span on the continent of Venora. 
And if you were even so much as an hour late, then he was leaving your ass in the dirt because he does not want to be there. He doesn't want to take this job in the first place. And he he does he you get the feeling that he really doesn't like the content, uh, the continent that you're going to, you're going to. Um, but anyway, you chose your dragons. Uh, Anon and Elera chose to ride on the Amethyst Dragon. And Zaris and Theon are going to be on the Red Dragon. So, we pick up tonight. Just as you guys are literally finishing off, saddling up, you see that Theon is uh, in the process of uh, stepping up to the Red Dragon. You see that there's a sort of like a handmade leather, um, really short ladder that's draped over the right-hand side that he uses to get up. I mean, Theon's not exactly a short guy. But in comparison to the dragon, he's gonna have a hard time saddling up without it. Uh, he saddles up and he reaches into a small pouch that's on his left hip. And he looks over at uh, Anon and Alara and says, Oh, yeah, um, I forgot. I got this. And you see he pulls out a small uh, polished piece of amethyst that's... Uh, Upon first glance, it looks exactly like a, a typical sending stone. He tosses it to uh, towards the two of you and says, "The uh, the scout that seemingly has resulted in me fucking being involved in this. Uh, I was told to give this to you so that he can co you can contact him upon your departure. And uh, yeah, apparently there's mission details in there, whatever." Just don't take too long. I want to get to the Venora before nightfall. So, who would like to use the Sending Stone in order to contact the scout? Ah, fuck it. I'll go. Why not? Okay. You activate the stone. Uh, what would you like to say to the scout? I was told that we need to report to you or you had something to tell us. Shoot. A couple of seconds go yep. by, and you hear this low-volume reply coming from the stone. It's a uh, <clears throat> young, something sort of about 20, 30s aged male voice comes, uh, comes across. Uh, hi. Uh, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's me. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of time, so I'm just gonna keep it brief. And then silence for about 10 seconds until the voice comes through again. Shit, I mean useless at this. Uh, head to the northern part of the continent towards how the fuck do you pronounce it? The, the, the peaks, the um the, the, the mountain peaks. And then it cuts off again. A couple seconds go by. And he just, he, the voice comes back after a couple of seconds going, God damn it, I hate these things. Head north. There's a bandit camp in the mountains. That's where we think they are. You had the perfect opportunity, Rob, to say something funny and you missed out on it. You probably wasn't thinking of it. You could have said new phone, who dis, and you didn't do it. I'm disappointed. I, I would like to second that. <laughs> so, okay. this, so this is how we're going to kickstart 
episode two with uh with poor Rob getting absolutely roasted by his his party members. Rob, who's just Rob? I mean, they, they were saying that out of session, Rob. It's not in character. <laughs> so Lara did it, not me. So technically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but who's who's Alara played by? I don't know. You don't know? No. Oh, okay, must be the muffin man. <laughs> Anyway, is there anything that you would like to say in response, or are you just going to relay that information to your party members? I'll respond. Okay, go ahead. But not, not you, Stone. Who this? <laughs> <laughs> not phone, Stone. No, I'll say, do we meet? Right, pal. First of all, name and do we meet up with you, or is there any way we can find you beforehand, or what? I need you to be specific here, buddy. Couple seconds go by before you hear a response of. No, no. Um, we're not to be seen together. Um, no names. If we ever do meet, then I'll be fucking surprised. I'm just a scout. Officially, this conversation ever. A couple seconds go by, and he comes back. Happened. Fuck! I hate these things. And then you hear a a, a series of thuds. As you get the sense that he's chucked his sending stone across whatever environment that he was in frustration. Alera uh, sort of says quite loudly, so that the party and that the whatever his name that owns Drang's kind of name. Theon. Theon. It's like, right, we need to head to the northern part. Uh, something about peaks, mountain peaks area. Apparently, the bandits up there. Bandits are up there. Okay. So, uh, can you um get close there? I I don't know the fucking layout. Say on place, lo- Seon looks at you and goes, "I mean, either of you guys got a map?" Get uh, uh, several where, of us do. Yeah, right. where exactly are we? Like as far as location wise on on the map? Because I have the map of many places that can stretch out to several miles. Okay, see if this Theon can get us close to the mountain peaks. We still need to know where our bloody rendezvous is in the month's time. So, well, the, two you guys know that the, the rendezvous point is wherever he drops you off. Like, he's been told to drop you off and pick you back up from the exact same location. So I'm thinking we need to get close to the peaks, but not right on them. That's what I'm thinking, guys. So, and she's saying this in characters, like, so, what do you think? I think we should get dropped off just a bit next to it, if we can. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, it's fine with me. Yeah. Okay. Okay, right. So, which one had which one you had the decent map? I know Zarus, you had a map for me. I know, I, I know you had a map for right. me, Zarus. So, hold on. We... In in response to Zarus's question, Zarus, are you asking where are you physically right now? Yeah, like I I know we're flying overhead, but like you haven't set off yet, so you're you're still in Amdale. You're on the western side of the city. Okay, so then I can't use my map. I can't use my map until we actually get close because yeah. it spreads out within. Uh, 
it's a decent number of miles, isn't it? Uh, five mile radius. So it, as soon as we get there, I can literally just pull my map out and know the exact layout within five miles in a perfect circle around us. Virus, okay. that thing, does it work in the air? It should do. Technically, yeah. Okay, film whatever your name was, how long does it take to only fly here? What, a flight to Venora? I mean, assuming we don't hit any problems, we'll be there by nightfall. And what's the time to DM? Uh, if I remember correctly, it's probably coming up for midday. So a 12-hour flight, right. Well, 7 or 8. 7 or 8. All right. That's, okay, that's, so... that's in ideal conditions. You right, gotta remember, okay. th these, these dragons are still pretty young. Um, they're healthy, they're well-kept, and they're trained for long-distance flight. So they're used to pushing as much distance as, as they can, you know, achieve in a single day. Right, okay. Here's what I suggest, guys. And he's still in character here. We fly for, let's say, I don't know, four or five hours, and then Zaris, you use that map. And then, you know, see where we are, and then if there's anything that seems familiar to this mountain peaks, whatever. If, we're, if you don't see any mountain peaks on that map, then we go another hour, and then you go again. What's the radius on that thing, Zaris? The... The map, the map. F yeah, five mile radius. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. I right. Okay. I say four hours. Use the map. No close. Wait another hour. Use the map. So every hour. Maybe make, for every, every hour, hour just use it. I no. I I, I got that wrong, Zaris. My my apologies. Four hours. Use the map. Then use it every fifteen minutes, every half hour or so. Okay. Because this man said about six seven hours, but you know we'll try we'll try four or five and then go and then frequently. As much as we can. Try and get the bearings. Will that map save it, or will it only temporarily show where we are? It, 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 okay, so the way that the map works is that I'll use it, and then it will show everything for up to an hour, and then I can't use it again until the next dawn. So it's like a one-time use thing, and then as soon as I use it, it'll last for an hour, then basically, uh it'll kind of deactivate on its own and I can't use it again until the next dawn. So we would have to be relatively close to it in order for us to, um, for me to use it. Right. Okay. Um, so I think. All Right, okay, we're gonna take we're gonna have to pay very, very close attention to names of where we are. We're we're gonna just pay very close attention to all the, the names. Keep it here document of everywhere we go, even on that map, just one or two one or two towns or isle islands or whatever, just take note, alright? Okay. So as, I don't want us getting lost. As you guys are discussing this, Theon looks at you after a couple of minutes and says, are you guys ready to head on out, or do you guys need a little bit more time? No, we're good. Okay. Uh, Before we fly, Theon, 
Yeah. Rules on smoking. Rules on smoking. Hell, if you can get it lit up there, I'll be surprised. Alright, hold on. I'm gonna light mine now. And she'll take out one of the cigarettes quickly light a match. Okay. She'll, she'll spark up and then she's a she's sort of sparked up and she realized and then she forgot, oh shit, I'm sitting on a dragon. Um no parm little big guy. You just call him egg guy. No, little slash big guy. She doesn't really she's only seen small dragons, so she don't know if that's a if that's a decent sized dragon or if that's a small one compared to things. She's only seen the, the small like one foot one. Away. So, but I'll say yeah. you get your cigarette lit, and Alara or Anon, who wants to can who wants to command the dragon? Who wants to who wants to pilot essentially? You mean Alara or Zaris? Because I'm with the other guy. Are you on the? No, you said you're on the amethyst. I'm on the red one. Oh, you're on she the red one. Okay, I, okay, okay, okay. I correct myself then. Out. Yeah, I was fixing to say because I, I like I was gonna actually just bring it up. I was gonna type it out, but technically yeah, yeah, I shut up, Zaris. I, I, well, I, I, I know. I rolled last session to be able to drive the amethyst dragon, and I got a twenty-one. Okay, so. okay. okay, so I'm behind Zaris and not okay. But Zaris, you you, you see you see that, don't you? <laughs> huh? The you see the thing, right? Not anymore. I did see it for a good, good bit, but I don't see uh, okay, it now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused as to how you don't see it anymore because I haven't done anything to it. <laughs> Anywho, <Yeah. laughs> uh, whoever is piloting the amethyst dragon, go ahead and make an am uh, animal handling check uh, as Theon begins to tug at the reins of the red one. And so I need to roll again because that's what I rolled for last session. That was You're that was in order. That <laughs> one, that animal handling check was to see if the dragon would let you would let you ride on it, not in order for you to actually disembark and take command. Okay. Uh... Nineteen. Okay. It doesn't come quite as naturally as Theon's, but you maybe you you give a similar tug at the reins that causes the dragon to to set off. Maybe a split second after Theon and his one have departed. As you begin to ascend further and further up and across the the field that acts as the plot of land that Theon owns here in the city, you begin to see just how vast Amdale is. You begin to see just how strikingly different the architectural sections of the city are. You see the, the economic sector, you see all the, uh, the stalls, the marketplaces, the open uh, trading positions, and you see them contrasting with the different building architectures. And then you see off in the distance, you see the, the agriculture, agricultural section. You see all the, the open fields with the irrigation systems. Some of them are looking very healthy with crops. Some of them look as though they've seen better days. But it's your first time seeing 
for a lot of you seeing a city like this in the perspective that you are right now it's breathtaking you look to your right and you see the sapphire keep looming in its grandeur you see the gardens and you see the the multiple gates along the single track road that act as the one-way entrance up to the palace and it's it's just a sight to behold it's unlike anything that some of you have ever seen i don't think unless anybody wants to canonically correct me i don't think any of you have actually ridden a dragon in your lives uh i will say i i, I ride one to work every day what are you talking about what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i wake up every morning and i jump on a black dragon and i soar across the skies you fucking wish. You're gonna ride a dragon. <laughs> Come on, let's leave Vardor. Oh, God. If you're leaving Vardor, I'm fucked. <laughs> to follow around, dear, to get some. No, okay. Uh, somebody go ahead and roll a d20 for the first hour of travel. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's not bad, actually. With an, uh, okay. Uh, as you begin to head westward, you notice that the, the skies are fairly clear. It's a fairly sunny day. Quite warm, despite the high altitude. You watch as the, the landscape of Zairi changes. It's from, it goes from the, the city borders to woodlands. And then the ground below you seems to become more murky. And it becomes a lot more boggy almost like you're you're flying over a swamp and off in the distance just at the horizon you begin to see the landscape change from a healthy green to a really scorched fiery shade of oranges and reds any of you who are well versed in traveling across the the continent of zaire you would know that by this point you are approaching being able to see the searing sands that make up the far western portion of the city. Or not the city, the uh, the continent. I will get someone other than Alara to roll another uh, to roll a D20 for the next hour. Question for the DM. Anon, yes. Can you put the right map on roll twenty so I can see where we are? Uh Yes, it'll take me a second to do, but I can do it. Okay, who's rolling that d20 for me? I'll do it. Okay, let me know what you roll whilst I'm doing this. It's an 11. 11? Okay, give me one second. Okay, I'm not going to make this fit full screen. But for scale, you guys started off here in Amdale. And then during your first hour of travel, I say that you'll have approached the border of the evergreen forest and you're probably about a third of the way through it. 
So, for your second hour's worth of travel, as you approach about the halfway point of the, the region known as the Evergreen Forest, the cloud begins to thicken. Temperatures begin to dip a little bit. Theon looks over to uh, the two riding the other dragon and says, Gonna pick up a little bit more altitude. Try and get rid of this cloud coverage. See if we can keep a clear sky ahead of us. And you see as he begins to uh, ascend another 50 to 60 feet until he eventually breaks through the, the clouds and regains that, that clear horizon of sight. Uh, Zyrus, if you can make a, another animal handling check to get your dragon to follow suit, that would be great. Dirty 20. Dirty 20, that's fine. You're getting used to this dragon riding stuff now, Zyrus. I mean, there's a first time for everything, and begin it, it may be beginner's luck, but then again, it might be just your your quick intuition, but you're, you're beginning to get the hand of this. You're getting quite comfortable. The dragon seems to be responding well to your well not your commands but your your direction almost as though it's adjusting well to you i was good with the horse too so apparently i'm just an <laughs> animal pleaser i mean are you sure you're not a druid <laughs> i might you, be i mean are you sure zaris <laughs> i mean no uh, uh so anyway um where are we yes uh i don't you rolled, so Zyrus, go ahead and roll for the third hour. Okay, I'm gonna roll this chat. Why do I keep doing that? I don't know, why, I do, do why do you keep doing that? 12? Okay. The winds begin to pick up, and luckily for you guys, it's a, t it's a, it's a tailwind, so it's pushing in your direction, and it's actually helping you guys gain a little bit of speed. You guys make it not just across the rest of the evergreen forest, but you actually break over the the shores of the, uh, the decaying coast. You're now above sea level. As you push on for maybe what feels like maybe another 30 to 45 minutes, you, now, you begin to see the Vardorian oceans in their full grandness stretching out below you. That deep sapphire blue that's got this gentle breaking of waves, or what you think is the gentle breaking of waves from this perspective, given how high up you are. The odd smattering of cl clouds here and there. You look over at Theon, and he is just leant back in his saddle, holding at the reins, keeping a, a very vigilant lookout. But a couple minutes later, you see him sort of sitting forward. You see him peering off in the distance. And just before he has a chance to respond. Nope, that's not going to hit. You see this, what looks to be a, a roughly five foot long metallic rod soar past his face. About a foot and a half away from him. And out of the clouds beneath you. Emerge. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're all on the fucking DM layer, aren't they? Uh, oh, God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of why I shouldn't be trusted with things. Wait, no, they're not. They're all on the right layer. Can you see that? I can see... I can ocean, see stuff. Sky, dragon, and... You can, you can see the two dragons, right? Two dragons and tiny people. A lot of tiny people? A lot of tiny people. Right. Okay. 
I have like I have no idea what roll to, what roll twenty is doing with to me tonight, but they are hell bent on making me look like a freaking idiot. So we're just gonna roll with it. We're just gonna roll with it. I need you all to roll for initiative as a swarm of Arakakura break break through the clouds and begin to surround all four of you. Twelve. Right. Do I need you to roll again, Alara? No, I don't. Uh, for... It's not good. Uh, for easiness sake, I'm going to add you guys' tokens to the map, but you're not going to be using them. Uh, that is that, that is there, that is there. Okay, so Elara got a 12. Anon got a 22. And Zarus, what did you roll? Uh, I got a 13. Okay. I need to make one small change here in roll 20 before we begin the combats and that is I need to check so rem okay because I'm a Papega remind me who's on the Amethyst Dragon it's Anon and Zarus right no I'm I'm on the dragon with Alara and Zarus are on uh, Amethyst yeah. right so there we go. Switch that. And then take you off of that. Okay, so because the the tokens didn't work out 100% the way I wanted them to. Uh, the amethyst is the one on the left. And the red is the one on the right. So you guys will know which ones you're able to control. Um, however... You guys need stat sheets. So, Anon, the red dragon uh, stat sheet is now in Discord for you. And for Zarus and Alera, I apologize for the format of the Amethyst one, but it also is in Discord in the resources section for you as well. So, Anon, since you are at the top of the initiative, as you see this metallic rod fly past Theon's face, he looks to you and shouts, We got incoming! What the fuck? Ah, shit. Get ready, Darius. Okay, Anon, how would you like to kick us off with this, in with this initiative? Can I control the red dragon? Uh, you should be able to move it. It's this one right here. 
No, I mean control as in. Oh yeah, you can you can you can use you can like play as the red dragon or yourself. You can you can move, you can attack, you can do whatever. You can choose to use your turn spend uh, spend using your turn as yourself or as the dragon. It's up to you. Okay, so that actually brings me a few questions then with you just saying that. Right. Is it a choice to where that we have to pick one or the other and we can't go with both? Or no, is it you that need to, we can do both? When it comes to your turn, each round of initiative, you can choose to either be you or the dragon for that turn. So if, if when it gets to your turn, Zyrus, you decide that you want to use your character sheet you can do that and then on the next round when it gets to your turn you can use the dragon you can also do that you can chop and change however you see fit okay second question uh-huh uh is it dark no it's a little into like mid-afternoon probably about 2 2 30 p.m 3 30 so use the dragon the entire time got it <laughs> we could use our abilities though as well anyway <laughs> add on you're kicking us off i would like to play as a red dragon at this turn okay okay and the dragon is gonna breathe fire so it's going to breathe um, to the wee ones in front. Okay, go ahead and ping them so we know which ones you're on about. Please tell me you can see that. Yep, you've drawn you've drawn two little circles. Yep. Okay. So they have to do a DC dexterity save. Okay. Are you tagging both of them? Do you have the range for that? Does the, the fire breath... It exhales a fire in a 30-foot cone. Okay. So for this one right here, <laughs> that is... If I can actually pull up the character sheet, because I am a Pepega today. That is a 13. That fails. Okay. And for the one on the right, that's a dirty 20. That he saves. Okay. So the one on the left is going to take full damage. The one on the right is going to take half. So go ahead and roll your damage for me. Now, ju just to check, on the stats you've given me, that damage is correct, right? The... Fire breath, yes. Yes, it is correct. Okay. You told me to step up the combat this chapter. I'm stepping it up.
for those of you sitting at home wondering, Alon is about to roll 16d6 in damage. So that That's is... That's 49 damage. <laughs> Lovely. So you watch as the dragon breathes out this massive canonical or conical line of fire towards both of these Arakakra. The one on the left, I believe, is the one that failed. Uh, he just singes to a boiling, bubbling, burning pile of thick skin and feathers and begins to plummet out of the sky. So he is actually straight up fucking dead. Uh, the one on the right is not quite as badly burned. However, it does sustain quite significant damage to the, what would be in your perspective, the, the right hand wing. Lovely opening attack. That is going to bring us on to if you've. Oh, actually, have you got anything else you would like to do? Nope. Okay. Moving on, that brings us on to the Arakakra that is right behind Anon and Theon. It is going to fly within melee range and it's actually going to target Theon with a Talon attack. That's a 21. So Adon, you watch as this large five and a half foot tall mix of bird and humanoid form swoops past you, draws level with Theon, and with its left arm claws at his face, dealing... I'm going to use these dice. Seven points of damage. You see it rake its talons across Theon's face, scraping along his cheek all the way down to just about neck length before it swipes past him. You see him swerve his, his head to the right-hand side at the last second. Not quite quick enough in order to dodge it, but just enough in order so that the talons don't actually nick or scrape along his throat. Moving on to the next Arakakra, who is coming from the front. It's actually the one that you damaged. I'll say because of the damage that you dealt to it, its speed is reduced by half. So it is going to spend its turn making a melee ranged attack with its javelin. And it's going to aim directly for the, the dragon itself. I'm assuming a 13 does not hit. Which dragon are you trying to hit? Anon's dragon. No. Okay. Me or the dragon? The dragon. Thirteen does not hit. Okay. Thought that. So, moving on. To Zarus. Riding atop okay. the Amethyst Dragon with Elera. Now I've got to make several decisions. <laughs> um, his decision uh, uh, da, 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 helps me know what I'm going to do next. Okay. Um, you said it was midday. No, it's about. 3 3 30 in the afternoon 
You guys set off at about midday. Okay. I'm going to use the dragon then. Okay. I can't do what I was wanting to do, but uh, the dragon will kind of somewhat do it. Um, I'm not going to use the breath weapon yet. There's no need for that yet. Uh, I'm going to go here and attack this one, the one I'm pinging to the okay. far left. Okay, okay. Uh, I get one bite attack and two claw attacks. Okay, okay. Again, so again, bite. apologies for the format of which your stat sheet is delivered. I could not find a digital version of it, so I just, thought, I, mean, I just, I just took a photo of it straight from Fizzman's Treasury of Dragons. No, nah, I mean I can read it, so it, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> as long as I can read it. It's that, just I was saying, yes. when you said that, I was thinking like this motherfucker about to send me like a notepad or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not that cruel. I'm not that cruel. Uh. Plus nine to hit. Uh, that is a twenty-three to hit. That hits for the bite, and then two d ten. Plus five. eleven for the bite. That misses. No, no, no! Eleven damage for the bite. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> and okay. then, and then one d eight force. Uh, another six for force damage. Okay. Then two claw attacks. Uh, seventeen hits. And sixteen hits. Okay. So twenty-eight. Twelve for the first hit, the first damage. Okay. And ten for the the second. Okay. Go ahead and describe your attacks. And. Pretty straightforward, not, nothing too fancy or anything. So uh, Amethyst Dragon flies down to the, the closest one and knowing of its massive size that it was going to be able to hit this thing relatively easily. So it goes in, claws at it twice from left to right. And then as the right one, the right claw hits, grabs onto it and then bites it in the neck. Nice. Okay. Okay. Ilera, atop the same dragon. Your turn. Uh, <clears throat> as the Amethyst Dragon was flying towards that thing in the bottom left, Ilera sort of quickly looks at her looks at the palm of her hands, and she sort of like closes her eyes. Give me something different, and she clenches her fists. At this point, Elera has just cast Cloud of Daggers. Oh wait, shit! Wait, what did you wait? What did you cast? Because you cut out for me. Cloud of Daggers. Elera had this from a couple levels back, but she's kept it quiet. She wants something different, so she had her hands, the palms staring at her, and she closed her eyes. Give me something different. 
clenches her fists and conjures Cloud of Daggers, which you DM will need to let me know after one minute has passed after in, in game time after using this. Basically what Cloud of Daggers, fill the air with a cube of spinning daggers that stretches five feet across and is centered on a point of your choosing. That point of choosing would be around the dragon that we're flying on. The creature takes uh, 4d4 slashing damage when it enters the area and starts its turn there. Okay. So I would need to do my 1d4, my slashing. Oh, no, no, 1d4, my... No, no, you're casting it now. The damage happens when the creature either enters it or starts its turn there. Right, so, okay, so I'll just basically cast it and I'm seeing the, the daggers going around. So, okay, let's fucking go. And then she's sort of like, right, Dars, quickly, you got rope. But she's not quickly, she's sort of saying that, you got rope. Uh, that's a very good question. I do, <laughs> in my bag. But she's saying it, but she's saying it very, very sort of quickly, so it might be mumbled. Dars might not have properly heard her because we're in the middle of combat. So Ellar just hears the word rope, and then she just goes into his bag, doesn't care, grabs the rope, ties it around Zaris's waist, and ties it around hers. Right. Okay, and so it's an action to cast uh, Cloud of Daggers. I will say that your bonus action was to tie the rope around uh, the two of you. So that's about as much as you can do, unless you want to, unless you want to, um, use your free action to do a little bit more communication. Zaris, I'm gonna fall off. Let it happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have laughed at that. Uh, no question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> I'll just quickly translate what Alara, what Alara was trying to say. She's like, I am going to fall off and you are going to let it happen. You are tied with rope to the waist. I trust this knot. <laughs> and but she said that in a very, very rushed pace. So she doesn't know if Zara's heard or didn't hear. Exactly, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure Zara's probably only heard the words "I'm gonna fall, let it happen." Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no. Does, does uh, Zara's need to roll to see if he heard? <laughs> no, no, no. He's it's fine because you guys are within a maximum of ten feet away from each other. I'll say that you guys, yeah, you guys can clearly hear each other. Although, question: How 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 much feet are the dragons? Uh, they are classed as, I believe they are large. So they're probably between 10 and 15 feet, or maybe just shy of 20 feet tall oh, no. from, from tip of the tail to, to snout. Oh, that's perfect. That I'm, perfect. Spe I'm speaking rough, like, dimensions here. But moving on, the Arakokra that is on the far left-hand side uh, of the sort of... Uh, I want to ha I hasten to call it the curvature that is in front of you is going to use its movement to come into melee range and is going to... Where the hell did the character sheet go? Okay. Uh... They are going to use their talons in a... 
talonus act towards the dragon itself, aiming for the throat. Uh, Zyrus does an 18 hit the dragon. Uh, just. Just? Okay. So, that is going to be... Uh, hold on. I need a third D4 because they did make te technically make a dive attack because they expended more than 30 feet. Uh, that is 10 points of slashing damage to the the dragon. You watch as this Arakakra begins to close in the distance and just as it gets within range, it uses both of its talons at once in a crisscross slashing motion that scrapes along the thick scaled uh skin of the dragon's throat and chest leaving ever so slight uh slash marks in the dragon's skin moving on to the next one you watch anon as one of the other arakakra closes in the distance to you stopping just in front of the dragon's face although it won't actually let me snap towards it uh and it is going to make a Javelin lunge attack. Uh, that misses with a nine. So you watch as the Arakakra overestimates its uh, its movement and you see that it overshoots its shot. It struggles to stop itself just in time in order to hit the dragon and actually veers past it by a couple of feet. Uh, that is going to end its one. The one that is encircled by a five foot cube of uh, five foot cloud of daggers is going to take that 4d4 of slashing damage. So, Alara, if you could start off by rolling that for me, that would be great. So, that is eight points of slashing damage. Perfect. I'll note that down. And it is. It is going to move. 15 feet around towards the right hand side of the dragon and is going to lunge at it with the javelin that is only a 17 that will not hit um, so failing its attack it's going to back up another 10 feet which brings us on to the final Arakakra which is the furthest one away from you guys at the moment it is going to close in some of the distance, but it's too far away in order to attack. So rounding off back to Anon, what would you like to do? I would like to place Anon this time. Okay. She is going to attack the thing on the right. This one? Yes. Okay. With her rapier. Fifteen. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage.
And that's 13 damage. 13 damage. Go ahead and describe your attack. She has one hand firmly holding on. But with her dominant hand, she kind of unsheaths her rapier and just swings it around and catches them. Uh, I assume kind of on their chest with the way they were attacking. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to do? Would you like to use your movement in order to move the dragon or? I can move the dragon. Uh, yeah, I'll say that you you can use your movement to tell Theon to, you know, move the dragon since he's technically the one piloting it. I, I think if we move closer to the others, okay, so that they nobody can really get in between us. Okay, you do have control of the dragon's token, so you can move it as far as you would like to. Nice. Okay. You did a cha-cha slide. <laughs> you do realize that if you go through with that joke now, you have to go back to your original position on your next turn. Because you slid to the left, now you got a slide to the right. Now you got a crisscross. And then you got a crisscross. I, I, I literally, literally <laughs> just said that. <laughs> it said twice. <laughs> okay, moving on. The Arakakura is going to give chase and close in the distance. And it's going to make another Talon attack against the... Actually, it's going to target you this time since you just slashed it with your with your rapier that is a 15 nope oh i forgot how uh how high a, a rogue's ac can be okay moving on to the next one it's going to close in the distance and sort of try to block you guys from going forward at this point and it's going to reach into a, um, it's not a, is it a sheath? Or I'll just say it's a strap on its back and it's going to pull out a second javelin and it is going to make a ranged attack spell, or a ranged attack, sorry, against, actually, who do I want? Can I? Yeah. I'm going to be a dick. I'm going to target Zarus. Not the dragon. I'm going to target Zarus. 14, Zaris. Fine. <laughs> that long silence before Zaris admits that it hits. Okay. Uh, okay, that is going to be... Uh, that's seven points of piercing damage as the Fine. <laughs> as you watch this five foot long metallic javelin come hurtling towards you it sticks into your, the right hand side of your rib cage just i'd say about belly button height and you see the the aracogra is standing floating there in midair wings flapping gently with this angry expression on its face and it's 
it's looking at you funnily. It's, it's looking at you as if it's trying to goad you. It's it, it knows it hit you, and it's it's seeing if it can get a reaction out of you. Which brings us, uh, funnily enough, onto you. Okay. I've got to read this, so give me just a second. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, I'm gonna get rid ah, of this. shit, it's a fucking cone. I'm gonna get rid of that, and I'm gonna get rid of that. And, oh my god, there's one here as well. Uh, why was it a cone? Why do I get the feeling that Zyrus is trying to figure out whether or not to risk damaging the party or to uh, to play it safe? I like I, I, technically I am because of the fact that I had to read if this was a, a beam, like a straight line, or if it was a cone, and it's a cone, and that's the that's the problem. Okay. So me. Everything in that circle would get hit. So I. I can do it. Okay. I just have to. Be very specific? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to move here. I'm going to do my breath on those two in that circle okay they need to make a strength saving throw please uh natural 20 for this one right here okay and then that one for the other one okay <laughs> fucking both sides so, both sides so basically so karma basically was on my side today thank you all right so i love the one that. that the one that uh the one that got the nat 20 is gonna only gonna take half okay and it's gonna be 39 points of damage so we'll say uh, what 19 so 19 points of damage yes uh, the other one will take the full damage and his speed is reduced to zero. Any creature with a flying speed that their speed is reduced to zero, they lose their flying speed and start to fall. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so he, he will, he loses all hit, all of his speed until the end of my next turn. So he is going to fall 30 feet are equivalent to his speed. So whatever his speed is, he'll fall that amount each turn. 
Okay. No problem. So, uh, so for this one, go ahead and put a little bit more detail into your breath attack because you did finish him off. So this one's dead, but this one's still alive. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the one that is dead. So the the amethyst breath is more. It it, it does force damage. So. The way I'm imagining this is that it's kind of like a um, like the wind itself kind of like swirls around his mouth and then shoots out into like a cone shape, almost like a like a tornado like effect. Okay. So he breathes this like almost tornado like substance out of his mouth and everything in that area just gets pushed back. Uh, but the one that was at the forefront uh, just took the majority of the damage because he was kind of like in front of the other one, even though they all got hit. Uh, but you start to see as the one that took uh, all of the damage in the back start to fall. Excellent. Excellent. Bringing us on over to Ilera. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling right. that you're about to do something fucking stupid? First of uh, this might be quite a long turn, but first question, how many, how much uh, time has passed? Uh, we're technically on round two of initiative, mm. so six seconds. Six seconds. Okay, right, now, here's my plan of attack, and I, please stop me if I go wrong, you will anyway. Right, so... First of all, the rope that Illyra tied to her and Zara's waist, she completely trusts. So imagine, you know the horses you get, like the gymnasiums, like you would have sort of jumped and you would have yeah. gone to the little trampoline onto them and you've held onto the bars. Right, think of Illyra sitting there, right? And she just does a 180 turn down where she's hanging upside down from the dragon. But sort of still sort of straddling it. So, you're, so just think of it. You're not you're not pulling the 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 fifty foot of rope taut. You're you're still keeping, I'm keeping all that the rope as a as a backup. The, right, the okay. rope's just hanging. So Alera is hanging upside down with her legs, holding as tight as she can on the sides of the dragon. But she's upside down. So as I said, think of like the go ahead the and the gym. go ahead and make a. I want to say. I want to say athletics check. Oh god, no. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> okay, so... That was your original intent. However, as you swing yourself underneath the dragon, you latch... You're... you're... I'm trying to think about which way you're, you're going here. Your... Right leg... No. Your left leg manages to stay in contact with the left-hand side of the dragon. However, your right leg doesn't find purchase. And as a result, you are now holding on for dear life. Either single or double-handedly, I'll let you decide to the straps of the saddle that are on the side of the dragon. Left You're hand holding the saddle and she's, she quickly looks at the rope. She still sees it's tied and she would like to do another maneuver. 
should it be possible by DN's standards? Uh. She can I'll wait. Allow she can wait it. till next. I'll it allow it. it. it I'll is, allow it. Is. Are you sure? Yeah. You sure this is okay? Yeah. You might stop me. You might regret it. Elera <laughs> sort of shouts, "For fuck's sake!" And she pulls her rapier out. Right, you, and she is pointing at the enemy on the top right. The one the, the furthest high, high up on our that screen. One? Yep. Her rapier starts to flame up. It, the, she she just pulls rapier out. She she just shouts in rage, and the flames just ignite from the rapier. And she's like, right. You. And she just points the rapier at, <clears throat> at that enemy. Now, here is the attack slash maneuver that may have put in regret. But first of all, well, actually, no, second of all, we'll go back a bit. She's, she's let up the blade and she wants to summon her bull. Huh? But listen to the next, que the next question. Can my bull fly or does it fall? It'll fall! It's a bull! No, it, it flies. A... Excuse me? It has a fly speed of 90 feet. It's a bull, Zaris! Would you like for me to send you the stats? No. I was hoping it would fall, so I'm, I'm going I'm to command it. But anyway, I'm summoning my bull whilst I'm hanging on the saddle, looking at the rope with my rapier in flames. Pointing at the enemy at the top there, and she's like, right, you. And she summons the bull. That would be... What world did I make for that again? Don't check it. Okay, no, she just summoned the bull, and she's like, right. The bull sort of... How far... Oh, no, 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 no. Ignore that. She commands the bull to pretend to fall on that enemy. Wait, 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 wait. You're here. How far away can the bull go? From me. But no, how is it going to fall on this one if you're not above it? Can the bull not fly you... slightly up towards the air and pretend to fall? A.K.A. Fall, like, sit on him. You would have to... What's the... Okay, this bull has a flying speed, apparently. What is the flying speed? 90 feet. 90?! Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare. I gotta measure this shit. <laughs> yeah, because the weapon that Alara is using is called the Flame of Wrath. It allows Alara yep. to summon as a bonus action okay. a nightmare. Okay. And the nightmare has a flying speed of 90 Here, feet. Here's the fucked up thing you can do, Alara. You can tell that fucking bull to fly diagonally. Um, I mean, you can tell it to fly for. Or I could just, instead of making it fall, I can easily just make it do a straight attack. If that would be so, it would be like a more. it would be like a flying charge attack, essentially. Think of a dart going into a board. You're trying to 
Oh God. So essentially, it's like Lara cast a Lara cast okay. a spell. Okay. And then okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. Because it was technically an action to do the failed athletics check, I will say that it's also actually is it a bonus action or a, an action to summon the bull? It's a bonus action. Right. So that's your action and your bonus action. So you can have the bull summoned, but it's unable to do this attack this round. That's fine. I'm Jesus. Messing up there, but no, 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 no. I love, I love, I love hearing the most ridiculous of plans come into fruition. It's, it's ridiculous and it's amazing. It would be a shame if that Arakaka just fucking yeeted itself away from you guys. It's not going to, but it would be fucking bad if it did. Don't anyway, make my dreams be dreams, man. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Moving on to the Arakaka that is currently behind Anon and Theon's dragon, it is going to uh, actually close in the distance on Zarus and Alara, and is going to actually target Alara on the underside of the dragon with a claw attack. I need to know if a 13 hits you no actually because when i have my when i have my uh, female dam take on, oh you're I, so I, that's plus one i see you're putting it to good use already okay so you and but technically that attack would my dagger with my cloud of daggers not no because the no 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 because the the cloud of daggers is not in that space it doesn't follow you it stays in that position which i believe was about here all right but the drag is is Oh, right, okay, I thought I could summon it onto an actual creature, right? No, okay. no, it, it's, it's, the, it's the space. That's fine. Okay, so from the underside of this dragon holding on for dear life, you see this Arakakura fly full speed towards you and with an outstretched arm makes a swipe at your face. It just... it it It's almost as though it runs out of breath or stamina just before it hits you and it's it is probably about four maybe five feet at the most away from you at this point just glaring at you Elera shouts come on i was open uh the next arakagra to come up onto the initiative is this one it is going to Swoop down and attack Theon again, or make a, a second attack towards Theon. That's going to be a 21. He's going to take seven points of slashing damage. It's at this point that you notice, Anon, that Theon is trying his best to shift side to side and try to dodge these sorry hiccups try to dodge these attacks you also notice he's not wearing any armor which gives you the impression that he's not exactly a combatant he is more just a an aviator he's intended to just ferry people where they need to go he's also looking pretty beat up as he is now cut in various different places on his chest and his face and then moving on to the last arakaka in the initiative 
it is going to actually it's going to hold its ground and act as a barrier preventing uh anon and theon from pushing forward any more than all than what they already can bring this on to anon in the initiative beginning round three Right, so I'm going to be the dragon this time. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. And this time I'm going to do a multi attack. Ooh. To the three that are closest. Because uh, it's three attacks. Okay. So that is a 26, 23, and a 27. Uh, do you have the range to hit this one? The stats haven't given me range. So one with the bite and two with its claws. Uh, the bite yep. is a reach of 10 feet, and the claws are a reach of 5 feet. So you could hit this one with the bite. Yeah, okay. Zaris, are you talking about this one or this one? Oh, this one. Okay, okay, gotcha. Uh, because I am a dumbass and completely forgot, your attack on this one, Anon, is not going to hit because it is currently plummeting. So I'll say that your 23 will be for the Arakaka on the right, and your 27 will be for the the one over here. So they both still hit, so go ahead and roll your perspective uh, damage rolls. I apologize for, mis uh, for forgetting that, guys. So for the bite, that is um, 16 damage. Okay. And you're going for that one or that one? The first one. That one? Okay, how, would you, how do you want to do this? Because you've just finished it off. Hold on, let me finish rolling all my damage. Okay, okay. Uh, the dragon bites its head off. Okay. Okay. And then it's 15 for the claws. Okay. You... Mm, it's on death's door, but it's still, it's still floating. So I'm going to get rid of that one. Since it is dead. And we're going to move on 
that actually brings it up to the one that you have just put within an inch of its life. Uh, it is going to... It's actually going to retreat, seeing that it does not have the the upper hand that it thought that it did in battle. It's going to spend its turn moving away from the dragon. Uh, Zarus, would I be right in saying that that constitutes an attack of opportunity? Yes, because it's moving away from the right. dragon. So okay, you so Anon, I'll say that uh, because it's moving outside of the dragon space, you can get one more uh, attack on it as it's fleeing. Fourteen. That hits. I'll say that. Uh, I'll just ask for the, the the damage modifier. So, what's the plus uh, to the damage roll? Plus six. Okay. Uh, is that a bite or a claw? Uh, it was a claw. Okay. How do you want to do that? As it's um, flat, starting to fly away, the dragon catches its wings and then just rips them off. Nice. Nice. That one... Uh, actually, I'll say, Zyrus, from where you're sitting, how far away are you? You've got a decent line of sight on this. You watch as Anon, Anon's dragon rips the wings off of this Arakakura apart and then just watches it as it f begins to just descend down towards the ocean below until after maybe about 10 or 12 seconds you hear this faint splash below. Which brings us on to the one that is currently falling. Uh... It does not get to roll right now, does it, Zaris? Because it's the end of your turn. It's the end of my turn, yes. Right. In order for it to be able to move. Right, okay. Uh, given how far you guys are, I'd actually say that it's fallen enough in order to just completely fall into the ocean. So, for the sake of that, we're going to count that one as out of action. Bringing us straight on over to Zaris. Okay. Uh... Question for Alara. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where's your bull at? I summon the bull to go over to that end. So at the uh, end of Alara you... at the end of Alara's turn, the bull would have been within the con like within the, the vicinity of the dragon. So it's like right here somewhere, right? It's on us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you like to do a combo? I don't know. That sounds very, very awesome, and I don't think we should do very, very awesome. But let's let's go and disappoint people by doing an awesome combo. All right. So what I need you to do on your turn is to play as you, and tell your bull to go to the ethereal plane. DM, I'm going to play as the dragon on my turn. Okay. I would like to cast Blink. Oh Jesus Christ. So okay. the way that Blink works is that Blink is essentially what the bull is capable of doing without actually knowing the spell. It allows the dragon and anybody on it to be able to go to the ethereal plane. And as a free action, it can actually bring itself back, back into the material plane. 
So what I would like to do is I would like to cast Blink uh, with the dragon. Me, Alara, and the dragon will disappear. And Alara can communicate to the bull telepathically, even if uh, Alara is in the ethereal plane. So she can tell the bull to meet us there. And I can drop Alara off onto the bull. And Alara will get a atta uh, attack with advantage while on the bull against the uh, the last guy that's next to us. Why did you have to say the plan I had, but just so much more awesome and actually add ethereal fucking planes to it? Zaris, <laughs> goddammit, better than what I thought. I'm gonna go ahead and say this right fucking now. Bo <laughs> both of you go ahead and ha add 100 gold to your inventory. Shit. <laughs> Y'all thought I forgot about that fucking home world, didn't you? You thought I'd forgotten about that. You're actually surprised. Yeah, you want you want to know what's even, right. you want to know what's even fucking funnier? That little description right there just made me open a bottle of rum. So thanks for that. I wasn't planning on drinking tonight, but thanks for that. I win. That's how you win. Uh, That's how you win D and D, ladies and gentlemen. Is making your DM drink when he's got to be up and not work in eleven hours. Uh, so Alara, just to recap on how this will work. So I'll on the dragon, on. I cast blink. We go to the ethereal plane. You on your turn will use your bonus action to to bring your bull into the ethereal plane. And you'll get dropped off without, you know, any having to roll or anything because there's nothing interfering with us in the ethereal plane. So I drop you off on your bull. And then as your action, you will be able to come back and then attack with advantage against this guy. Think I got it down. All right. Cool. Mm -hmm. So that's what we'll do. So we will do. Okay, Link. that's a whole lot of moving parts, but essentially what we're going to do is consider that Zyrus's turn, and we're going to move straight on over to the late. Oh crap! I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> to, to the lady herself, Elara. <laughs> as you, Elara doesn't say. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say as you blink yourself with your uh, with your bull into the ethereal plane. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to let you guys work out that plan because that was a lot of moving parts and my little tiny DM brain just went oh, fucking... Oh, <laughs> All right, so the, the first half is have the dragon blink us to the ethereal plane. Yes, which is On done. This, which is done. This part is where that basically I used a held a reaction for my actual action. Or not my action, my for... Uh, yeah, no, it would have to be an action, wouldn't it? Yep. Okay, so basically what I'm doing is I'm dropping Alara off on the bull. And she's going to be on the bull. As her action, she'll come out of the ethereal plane and attack this guy. Okay. But she'll get that with advantage because she is uh, technically behind him and he's not knowing where she's at. Like, we just basically vanished and he's like, what the fuck? Okay. So, so Larry, you can do your attack with advantage, basically. 
Well, I want to add as um, as we go through the sort of ethereal plane, Alaric sort of close her eyes like ethereal plane. Join us. I'll ride you. Then we're going out. And so then, then sort of the, the we're in the plane. We get out of the plane, and then my attack would be if I can remember it. Doesn't have to be a uh, weapon attack. It can be a spell attack if you want it to be as well. You could also technically attack with a ball too. Yeah. I was fine just attacking straight. Oh wait, so I could do the bull and a normal attack? No. Just, no, 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 you attack have to choose bull. one. The bull, the bull is a third option. Okay. Attacking straight with a bull. That is an option. I just need to find out what my attack is on this now. Why do I have it? But my roll be, I can't find it. What attack are you doing? Uh, bull just basically just running straight into the thing, like charging. Uh, I can't find it though. We'll say that it's uh, the hoof attack, and I'll say that it is one d twenty plus six. Okay. Oh. Oh my. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Remember, you've got advantage on that. So you can try it again to see if you can get a nat 20. Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. So, with a 24, oh, that, just... that'll, uh, that'll do it. Yeah, that, that'll just hit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So go ahead, fucker. <laughs> go ahead. So you and said roll, hoof attack. Go oh. ahead and roll two d eight plus four, uh, for the first part of your your attack. So that is twelve, 12 points of bludgeoning damage, and I roll me a two d six for the fire damage on top of that. Oh. Eleven. Elara, how would you like to do this? You said it was a hoof attack, so here's well, what's going to yeah. happen. A hoof attack here's with a little bit of, with a little bit of a spicy ending on it, you know. As Elara and the bull come out of the ethereal plane, the bull starts to sort of charge in a way. Sees the target, sort of does a little kind of skip where it turns around, where its arse is facing the enemy and just uses its 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 rear right hoof. Like a sort of donkey, just no, I'm like a like a horse, just to kick it in the face. Nice. So it's like, okay. And as she she sees the target, sort of head jolt back, and she's like, oh, I could have done a bit more damage on that. I thought we could decapitate him. But yeah, just that hoof kick in the right and the rear right hoof. Okay. Is that the end of your turn? Uh, but, well, that would be the last anyway, so... Uh... Would it not? Not according to the initiative, it's not. Um, We've got one more. 
Mm, see another one on screen. I'm only seeing one, buddy. On World 20. I'm only seeing that one. Yeah, that's the that's the one that's left. I've just deleted the one that you just killed. Oh, uh, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so Elera, <laughs> whilst mounted on the 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 bull, she just points the rapier at the last enemy and just says the words, "You." And ends a turn. Okay. Well, sir, I like to say her bl her her blade is still ignited at this point, just to fair enough. Sort of just, Going it's like a sort of signal thing of like you think of the kind of when you're directing uh, planes to come back in, mm -hmm. and she just does that, and then she just like right and points at you. Okay. This one, having seen all of its comrades get completely eviscerated in battle, is going to make a last ditch attempt, spotting that. Theon is looking pretty beat up. He's going to come to the conclusion that Theon's the one controlling the dragon and going for a last-ditch effort to cause as much chaos and havoc as they can and make a Talon attack against them. That's a 17, so that's going to hit. That's another 7 points of damage. Uh, Anon, you watch as this Arakaka comes charging towards Theon, and just before he has a either, well, actually, before either he or you has a chance to do anything about it, the Arakaka takes its right arm and swings its talons down across uh, Theon's abdomen. He's got some pretty nasty lacerations as a result. He's still conscious. But he is struggling to maintain control of this dragon, as you see him beginning to to weaken because of the damage that he's taken. Which, coincidentally, brings it on over to you. Hold on, I was just trying to check something. Okay, okay. Our cockra can be uh. Vicious little bastards when they want to be. They're actually a playable race. I would. I, I'm. I've actually been considering making a character as an Arakokra just to see what the sort of potentials for them would be, but I have never been able to pick a, a class for them yet. I don't think a rogue would be the best way to go about them because, well, you know, they're not exactly inconspicuous now, are they? Right, so the dragon's going to be playing again. Okay. Okay. And and in my head, the dragon sees this attacking its master and really hurting him. So the dragon is acting out of anger. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So the dragon is going to breathe fire on it. <laughs> Okay, okay. Go ahead and roll for your No, attack. you have to do a deck save. Oh, yeah, I've got to do a deck save. Oh, shit. That's cocked. That is a seven. No. So it's going to take full damage. Before Anon rolls the, the damage on that, Elera and Zyrus, I have to ask, 
How do you like your Arakakra cooked? Because <laughs> I have a funny well, feeling you're going to get some crispy duck right here. <laughs> well, I mean, there's two dragons and a, and a flying bull, so... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, man, so yeah, and the flying... That's the title, two dragons and a flying bull. The there flying bull, the flying bull is the least normal thing about this. <laughs> the flying bullman, there you go. Nah, the, the, the title for this one is When Bulls Fly. Yes. And, uh, Anon, do I even have to ask, how would you like to fucking finish this one off? <laughs> <laughs> With 44 fire damage. Breathe the fire into its mouth. What kind of weird kinks is this dragon? Hey, we don't, like... ki we don't kink shame in Vardor. <laughs> Unless your kink is being kink shamed, then you should definitely be ashamed of it. Make it fucking eat that fire. <laughs> I think with how close it is, the dragon just turns its head so it's nose to nose and just breathes fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're gonna die today. <laughs> okay, I will say that the the fire erupts from the dragon's mouth and the first thing that happens is the feathers just instantly disintegrate into a plume of smoke the thick skin and hide of the aracocra begins to bubble and boil and burst and just completely melt away and just begin just be before the body begins to descend a lifeless fall into the ocean you watch as all the muscle tissue just wilts away and smolders until there's nothing left but a winged skeleton plummeting towards the Vardorian Ocean below. That brings us out of combat. I would it's like a... to come back to the material plane, please. <laughs> <laughs> you poof back onto the material plane to find out that there are no enemies in sight whatsoever. <laughs> Alyra just raised her rapier and that's still on fire. What <laughs> <laughs> teleport <laughs> god! <laughs> My Teleportation god. bitches! Dragon go brrrr. Uh, with what little strength Theon has left, he's going to uh, turn his dragon to go and regroup with Zaris and Alara. He is then is going to He's going to reach over and wrap his arm around the neck of the dragon and sort of give it a, a pat. He's, he is basically like cheek to cheek with this dragon right now. Elira interjects for a second and she takes uh, one of her three potions out and she just gives it to him and says, like, yeah, you need this. I've got the cookies. <laughs> yeah. My Sarah's cookies. Like my I have 60 cookies. Just eat these. <laughs> no, you... <laughs> <laughs> Just eat them. All of them. Just have all of them. I'll, like, 3D4 plus 5. Here. Eat, just eat cookies. <laughs> also, what do you think? Three mounts. Hey, fucking mounts. Three fucking mounts. He, uh... Combat bitches! You see him... You see him, uh... Whisper gently into the... Uh, whisper gently to the dragon before writing himself sort of fastening the reins to the right the right hand side of the dragon before very carefully and very gingerly pivoting so that he's now facing uh like 
down the the length of the dragon towards Anon. You see him sort of strap himself in. He leans slightly back, almost like he's reclining. He takes the potion from Alara and he just fucking chugs it. Uh, Alara, what was the... Was that a regular healing potion? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I've got two healing potions left. Nice, okay. Some decent hit points back for him there. You see him clutching uh, some of the wounds on his body. He looks to the three of you and says, Remind me to charge you fuckers double when we get back to the city. What the so, fuck? So double than half again? Right, you can yeah, fucking try it, blue boy. See what happens. Did oh you die? Oh my god. Jane, Jane, you're lucky I don't make her eat you right now. Here, Jane. just eat this cookie, and then I'll put, put a cookie in his mouth. Sake. So that's what, 3d4 plus 5? Yep. Uh, 2, 5, six. he gains 11 hit points back from that. He just looks at the cookie and goes, Fuck it, today can't get any worse. What's food poisoning gonna be? He just chomps it down, and he, he looks at you, and he's like, you know what? That's actually not bad. Right? He just looks at all three of you as as the dragons now begin to push forward and travel further across the, the ocean. He's just like, why? Just why? When it's a simple fucking fettying, fettying job, do I get put within an inch of the grave? Damn! <laughs> Oh god, I, this is why I hate working for the crown. Oh. Anyway. What the are are you guys okay? I mean, I got my bull, so um cars I'm fine. Aye. Right. Okay. As long as that bull's okay. I guess that's all that matters. He oh, looks he, over he, he looks he over at the He looks over at the Amethyst Dragon and Indraconic, he says what about you, girl? You okay? Dragon, as it's flying, just turns its head and gives a little rumble. Um, you can assume sort of like a, a confirmation of, yeah, I'm okay, sort of, st sort of style. Uh, somebody go ahead and roll a d20 for the, the next hour's worth of travel. This will be hour number four, I will say that, just so that you guys are keeping track. 16. 16. Winds begin to pick up a little bit. Um, in order to circumvent any, uh, um, sort of like pushback from the wind, Theon actually instructs you guys to go a little bit, uh, to descend a, a couple, a couple feet so that you can sort of mitigate the, uh, the effects of it. It's relatively smooth flying from here. I'll say that you guys are, I'm actually going to pull up the, the Zyuri map so that we can keep track of it from here. I will say that in terms of distance, I'll say that you guys are about here on the Zayuri map. Which means that in terms of the Venora map, you guys are probably about there. So not quite within the actual confines of the graphic that you're looking at on Roll20, but you're... You're getting closer to, to Venora. 
Um, I'll say that just for the sake of expediency, you guys continue flying for another couple of hours. I'll say that Zyrus, you are now within, um, you're now within range to where you can use your map many places to get a more accurate uh, depiction of where you are in terms of your position. You see me do that dad thing where I pull the map out and hold it in front of me and forget that I'm holding the reins, so I start using my knees to direct the the uh, the dragon. Say, where am I? Oh my god! <laughs> okay. It's like an OAP using Satnav for the first time. <laughs> okay, so Zaris, as you pull the map out, I'll say that. What you see of the, the Eastern Venoran uh, shoreline is this everything that's in this circle. Okay. So you, you guys are coming from so we're going this direction. Down. No, you're coming up. Oh. You're coming up. Okay, because I thought you had pinged up here. Yeah, that, that, so. that was more just a, sort of a frame of reference from like how far away uh, from like you guys are. But you guys are coming up gotcha. at this point. So, so you can we see... We came from here, and now we're there. Yeah, you're, you're coming up. Yeah, you're, you're just on the, the apex of the, the circle that I've drawn for you. Gotcha. So, as you look at the map, you see that you are roughly about midway into the longitude of the the continent the continental span of venora you can judge based on comparing your map to uh the map of venora that you guys have got from the temple that you guys have a little bit more of a ways to go before you can get to the very vaguely described peaks that was mentioned by the scouts um you see <coughs> You see Theon's paying more attention at this point to uh, the landscape below and in front of you guys. He looks over and calls out, You know, there's not going to be many places for us to land here. We don't want to get too close to any of the cities, and we certainly don't want to get too close to the capital. I'd recommend that we sort of land probably northeast of Menzo just before Markia. See that we can get a decent woodland landing spot that you guys can set off on foot and keep a low profile. I do Oops, that dad. I do that dad thing and then roll my map back up and then put it back in my bag and my then God. Look, I'm traveling like yeah, in a I car. Know. So, yeah, yeah, you, so it's, you're it's not funny. You're, you're not traveling in a car, Cyrus. You're traveling on a fucking <laughs> dragon. <laughs> car, dragon, same thing. <laughs> I, I beg to fucking differ, but okay. <laughs> Anyway, I'll say that it takes you guys another couple of hours. The sun is at this point just beginning to set. It's probably about 6 p.m. sort of time. And uh, I'll say that you guys are just hovering above the the northeastern Menzel coasts. Uh, just uh, on the southeastern borders of Markia. Um, Theon guides you guys down to landing on what is this very harsh rocky beach sort of terrain that lies just on the outskirts of a woodland uh border the dragons touch down you see that he reaches into a pouch on uh on his on the back of his right hip and pulls out a, a 
about a fistful sized chunk of meat and offers it to the dragon. He looks over and goes, Hey, uh, you may want to do the same. It's kind of a thing that she gets a treat whenever she makes a successful journey, unless you want her to look at you and start getting hungry. Uh, I mean, there's there's meat? there's meat on one of the side pouches there. I'd give her one of that. That's what she's used to. Oh, that works. I'll give her the the meat from cool. the, that pouch then. Can uh, I add something in as they're doing that? Yes. GM? So Alera's sort of on her bull and lands down on the the rocky sort of the surface as you said. She gets off the mount. She. Walks towards the bull's face, face on. Puts both her hands on the sort of cheek of the bull. Puts her forehead against its forehead. Closes her eyes. And she's in her mind, she's sort of saying, I know you can hear me. I know we can speak. And she sort of breathes, breathes. Please take note everywhere we have been on this travel chances are we might not get back to this rendezvous and i need you i need to know that you will be summoned at one point in the future whether it be for combat whether it be get home have a rest you deserve it and good fight pal and she'll take her rapier they're still in flames oh, this, whole, this whole time because scorpion flames and they might summoned and she sort of flicks the rapier in there like a kind of wee circling motion of sort of sort of thing, and the flame goes out, and the bull just fades away. Okay. <laughs> I'll say that as you guys disembark from the dragons, you begin to get a feel for the the rocky uh, landscape that you're currently standing on. You see that Theon is in the the final stages of patching up the 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 rest of the wounds that he sustained during that that little skirmish that you had earlier in the day he is in the he jumps off of the dragon walks around to uh the amethyst one begins to untie the saddle and begins to bundle it uh into some of the he intertwines it with the one that's on the red dragon sort of securing it and he basically guides the amethyst dragon back over to where the red one is and starts getting both of them ready for the journey back to Amdale. He looks to the three of you and says, Well, can't say that today's been boring. I kind of wish it had been, though. So, the arrangement's still there. You got one month. If, for whatever fucking reason, you guys think that you're going to need picked up early, here, take this. And he hands you, Zaris, a similar stone to the one that he handed Alara that he, Alara used to uh, contact the scout. He says, it's good for one use. And all I ask is you give me a day's notice so that I can get here on time and pick you guys up. We can discuss payment when we get back, but you better believe there's going to be some extra fees tacked on. I don't care who you answer to. We're changing the price here. Do you not speak to the crown directly and they could pay you in advance? The only person that I would ever speak to in the crown about this is the one person I refuse to speak to, and that's Balin. All right, I'm going to ask since, you know, we're not going to see us for a month. What's for you and Balin? 
before I go into any detail about that, I need to know, was he the one that you answered to? We answered to the crane. Yeah, but you don't exactly answer directly to the king now, do you? For the king, we wouldn't be here, buddy. Balin owes me money. Let's just put it that way. Right. So, um. like I said, if you need picked up early, give me a day's notice. <clears throat> and, uh... Let's hope that the return trip is a little bit more smoother sailing than the uh, the one we've just had. Don't get yourself... Delera throws, throws him 50 gold. He's like, right, well, there's your starter. He snatches the item midair, looks to you, and gives a nod and says, I'll deduct that off of the final fee. Thank you. Don't get yourselves killed. I don't get paid unless I bring you back alive. And he begins to... Saddle up onto the red dragon and tugs at the reins, and the, the sorry, the two of them begin to fly off back the way that they came. So, disaster trail. You're now on Venoran soil. First thing that you guys notice, in stark contrast to Zayuri, is the weather. It's not quite as happy-go-lucky and sunshine and rainbows as it is back on your. Your previous continent. Venora is cold. It's not the coldest continent in Vardor. That title is reserved for Arcada. But it's the sort of cold that no matter how thick your clothing is, you can still feel it nipping at your skin. It's dark as well. Cloudy dark. Grey. Very, very ominously colored dark clouds as though they're threatening to rain perpetually but they're not quite on the the verge of precipitation just yet there's also a slight staleness to the air the vegetation is also not as healthy as you've seen in the, in the wilderness back on zyuri as well it's a combination of sickly and decaying trees that make up the the start of this woodland area that you're about to embark into However, there is enough of a, a remaining sunlight for you to determine which way is north and which way you need to go in order to get to your destination. So, I would like to ask, who would like to make a survival check for me as you venture into the woodlands uh, on the first evening's travel on solid ground? Uh, will we get, like, a short or long rest in between those? Uh, you will in a couple of hours, uh, when nighttime, like, properly descends upon, upon you, yeah. So, basically, this, this check is determined the next, like, two to three hours worth of travel until you can find somewhere that's safe enough to, uh, to bed down for the night. Fourteen. Nice. Okay. With a 14, I'll say that you are able to very rapidly um, decipher which way is north, or technically, since you guys are right in this little 
divot of the map here, you're technically going northwest. Or, yeah, just, just about northwest. Uh, you guys begin to head inland for a couple of miles. You walk for the better part of two to three hours before nighttime completely falls upon Venora. The temperature begins to drop very rapidly as well. You get the sense that not in not just because the the clouds are beginning to to clear, but just because it's of the the differing climate in general, it's much colder here at night. You begin to find a, a secluded patch of woodland that has a, a small mound that acts as a an overhang and sort of wraps around you guys as well, giving you guys enough shelter from the elements and keeps you guys fairly well protected out of any wandering eyes or out of any noticeability that you feel safe enough in order to bed down for the night. So as you guys go ahead and make camp for the night, I'm going to hand off over to you guys to do whatever you wish. Each one first. Uh, I need to get meal started, so food started, so... What do y'all want to eat? Something dead. Do you, do you want this? Do you want to borrow the knife? And she, she takes out the cleaver. Do you want to borrow this for whatever you're doing? Uh, he, Saris will look to you and say, no, I'm good. And then I pull out my full kit of cooking utensils that has an array of knives. Oh, uh, well, fuck. You have this the entire time? No, I bought it when we were back over there before we left. Okay. All right. I also pull out a uh, uh, cast iron skillet. <laughs> Mayhem. Shut the fuck up, you asshole. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> that, no, there is no reason to be bringing that into the D&D world, okay? That happened, like, that did not happen in Vardor. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You shut I just the, pulled out a cast iron skillet. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, will kill, I will kill you right here. Zyrus right right and the DM are going to have to give listeners now. <laughs> For the listeners at home, what Zyrus is so cheekily referring to is uh, the story I, I relayed to my Discord of how I cleaned an enamel-coated cast-iron uh, casserole dish not too long ago, where I perpetually mustard-gassed myself by mixing two cleaning chemicals and boiling water together and not getting the lid on fast enough, and the fumes basically... I think they might have burned away some of the shit that was on my insides. <laughs> Zaris threw a fucking hissy fit in Discord because he thought I was ruining an actual cast iron skillet until not only myself, but three other Discord members enlightened him. And he was like, oh, well, that's all right then. <laughs> so yeah, you can take that and shove it right up your ass. You just want to use a cast iron skillet there, Zaris. All I heard was seriously what? Ah. Apologies for that because uh, Unicorn just decided she was going to come up here and cause such a ruckus that we had to pause the fucking recording. But we're back now, ladies and gentlemen. Zarus, 
Just start fucking cooking for the love of God before you before you get me killed. He was only alive because he didn't ruin it. He must confess that he feels like a monster. All right. So, uh, all right. So all I heard was Alara say that she wants something dead. But like, I have several things. Do you want chicken? Do you want pork? Do you want sausages? Do you? Uh, steak. Actually, yes. no, no, I'm not gonna. I'm yes. not, I want steak, but then again, I said, you know, fuck it, steak, steak. Okay, so you want steak? Uh, Do that, I'm gonna go and check my weapons and equipment. And all right, so <laughs> I'll make steak and ve- uh, vegetables for tonight. And do we want beer, ale, or wine? Jesus Christ, ours. <laughs> I have, I have two of each ten-gallon barrels in my bag of preservation of beer, wine, and ale. So we have yeah. enough. Yeah, me him told us. <laughs> I have a kitchen in my bag. It's fun. <laughs> Do you also have a bed there? You can go in there, crawl in there, and fuck off. <laughs> so it's the whole shebang. You've got your, your wee oven, you've got your pan, you've got your knives. You, have you even got an apron with Kiss, kiss the Chef on it? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's blue. Because <laughs> it's my outfit. It's part of his pyjama set. <laughs> Makes me look... It, it, I, look, I, I, I wanted to look cute, okay? Fuck off. As soon as Lara finds a tailor, she's buying a tutu for Zars. Fuck you! <laughs> Does Muffin have a matching apron? Yes. No question. (laughs) He's not cooking. He can stay away from the fucking food. Alright, DM. What do I need to roll? Uh, Medicine. So we're going medicine. Yes, we're going medicine. So medicine is plus three, but because of my feet, I get to add my proficiency bonus, which turns it into a plus five. So I will be rolling 1d20 plus 5 for that. Please get in that uh, one. I got a 19 plus 5. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Go ahead and describe your Master Chef level uh, three-course dinner there, Zaris. It won't be fucking raw. <laughs> it, be- it probably won't be raw, no. You'll, you'll actually be able to eat this, Alara. Uh, so you'll see as... Zerus, you know, pulls out his knives, he pulls out his cast iron skillet, he pulls out all of the shebangs, pulls out his cute little apron and puts the apron, uh, the other apron on Muffin to make him with matching, you know, aprons and everything. He goes in and makes this very extravagant, very luscious dinner. And I'm actually going to show the image. Ha ha! Oh my god, he's got images. I do! This man came prepared. So let's go here. And then. All right. So you'll see Zerus for uh, Anon and Alara. It is in the images thread. You will see Zerus. He cooks the steaks medium rare. Makes. Uh, taters and uh, some mixed vegetables makes a sauce and 
gives it to you guys and pours each of you a glass of wine. Hilara picks the wine and she's sort of like, right, okay, let's test this. Cool it down a bit. Insinuating that Zyrus tries to use his frost breath, breath that you learned. Also, I would like to add on to that that I will make uh, cupcakes on top of that. And the cupcakes do something special. Ooh, what do your special cupcakes do, Zyrus? So the plate of food that they're eating, they get to... Uh, as part of a short rest, you can cook special food provided you have the ingredients and cooking utensils on hand. You can prepare enough of this food for a number of creatures equal to four plus your proficiency bonus. At the end of the short rest, any creature who eats the food and spends one or more hit die to regain hit points regains an extra 1d8 hit points on top of that. So I will get to add uh, my 1d8 plus uh, another 1d8. So I'll get to roll 2d8 plus 3 to regain some hit points here in a few minutes. The cupcakes, however, with one with a minimum of one hour of work or when you finish a uh, long rest, it, you can choose which one of the two. Uh, you can cook a number of treats equal to your proficiency bonus. These special treats last eight hours after being made. A creature can use a bonus action to eat one of these treats to gain temporary hit points equal to your proficiency bonus for 24 hours. Jesus. Okay. So the so I will give a cupcake to Alara and to Anon and both of you for 24 hours will gain an additional uh, two temporary hit points on top of what you already have. Oh. Okay. Hey. Very nice. Setting the bar high for his uh, nutritionally uh, tailored standards here in Venora. And that's for eight hours, hours yeah? They last, the, the, they last for eight hours. They last for eight hours, but if you eat them now, then the effects of the temporary hit points last for 24 hours. So basically, they won't, they, how long do they keep? They, they keep for Eight hours. They they'll spoil in eight hours, but the effect lasts for twenty four. Yeah. So gotcha. you have to you have to eat them within eight hours for you to get the effect. But I'm going to go ahead and roll my hit die because I've only got no. I've got four. I've only got no. Nah, I've got four. Well, I forgot the leveled up so i'm gonna roll 2d8 plus three only expending one hit die that's six for the first one and six for the, so i gained 12 back so i'm at full okay so as you're all having your very wonderfully cooked and prepared meal as made by Zyrus. Is there anything else that you guys would like to do? <clears throat> At this point, I'll, well, as Shiller's doing the same thing she was doing before, uh, well, as Zyrus started cooking, she's just checking her equipment, checking her blades, sort of thing, checking inventory, she's sort of encouraging Zyrus and Anon to sort of do the same. And also, just, uh, also sort of suggest, look, we're in a new place. One of us has got to stay watch for a couple hours. I'll do the first watch. Say in about three, four hours, 
Flip over. That's fine with me. Okay. So, Larry, you find yourself a, a patch of, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say high ground, I'm going to say slightly elevated uh, ground that gives you a vantage point that lets you watch over, let's say about 40 to 50 feet in a three, uh, 360 degree field of view. You know, you, you can pivot yourself to, you know, look in all directions from where you are. The clouds continue to clear in the sky, and it's turning into quite a, a nice star-filled skybox above you. It's still, it's still continuing to get colder and colder. It's not hypothermic cold, but it's almost on the point of uncomfortable. Uh, go ahead and make a perception check for me for your portion of the Night's Watch. Dirty 20. Nice one. So, fairly uneventful first watch. You hear the rustling and scuttling of what you assume to be some woodland creatures approximately 30 feet uh, off to your right. Nothing that gives you any cause for concern. Um, it's more you're spending this time getting adjusted to the, the environmental signs around you, sort of adjusting to your surroundings. You're taking in uh, geographical differences and sort of analyzing where points of ambush could potentially be. You're fairly confident that you know that you could spot people that are coming and going if they were to try and descend upon you from certain routes that are directly in front of you, you're fairly confident that you're, you guys are still alone on this trail at the moment, though. Is there anything that you would like to do before you hand off to the next of your party for their portion of the watch? Blair's uh, just sort of keeping an eye out, having a couple of thoughts. She contemplates trying to send, uh, send a message to the Raven Queen, but she's like, nah, not, not the right time. Not the right time. And so she'll walk back at the, towards the end of the four hours. She'll go up to Anon. Just trying to wake her up, screen. Look, come on, get up. Your turn. Okay, but you yes. have to look after them. And she's kind of nodding her head towards Bubblegum and Dee. You actually brought Bubblegum and Dee to Venora? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm, I'm not shattered. Uh, they'll be looking after me. And she just, Alara just crashes out. Oh, but before she crashes out, she's like, Doris's turn next. Mm. I guessed. Um, Anon places Bubblegum and Dee Dee on, on top of uh, Alara, and then she goes to take watch. Okay. Go ahead and make a perception check for your portion of the Night's Watch. Mm. 
what is it with you guys and the dirty 20s tonight? Like, seriously. It likes us. It, it, it really does. Venora's going smoother than it should be at this point. With, uh, Apparently with another... Venora's trying to remind me to start back up uh, the podcast again. Uh -huh. <laughs> hey, all in good time. All in good time. You'll get there when you're ready. So, with another Dirty 20, uh, the portion of your portion of the watch goes uneventful as well. Uh, I'll say that approximately 90 minutes into your four-hour stint, uh, the only signs of life that you see in here is of what looks to be a fairly decently sized deer that gets about 20 feet away from you. It's just going about its business, and it gets a little bit startled when it sees you, almost like it wasn't anticipating people being in its natural habitat. It stares you down for a couple of seconds before just trotting off to your, what would be your right, and just beginning to keep going until it gets out of earshot. As you're, you're sitting there, keeping watch, it's eerily still in the woodlands. It's silent. There's not any traces of wind noise. There's not really that much traces of like audible life around you there's no birds chirping there's no footsteps aside from the deer that you encountered you know a little while earlier it's unsettling compared to your time out in the wilderness in both jorha the underdark and in zyuria as well it's it's lonely here in venora for lack of a better phrase anyway it's almost like this continent is embedded with such a deep, saturated notion of isolation and this unforgiving climate persona that it's it's uncomfortable. You don't. F it, it it's like you're standing in one of those. Um, Oh, it's those sound isolation chambers. You know the ones that are like the world's quietest rooms and stuff like that. It's like you're 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 sitting here and the entire environment is one of those chambers. It's almost maddening how quiet it is. And it it at first it catches you off guard and you're you're sat there thinking this isn't right. Something's going to something's going to happen. Like all of your instincts point to whenever it gets this quiet, something always goes wrong. But time keeps on ticking forward, ticking forward, ticking forward, until you get to this point where you, you're thinking to yourself, right, I need rest. It's been a long day. My portion of the, of the watch is done. It's time to go and wake up Zyrus. Okay, so she goes over to Zyrus and she starts patting him and going, Zyrus. Zaris. Zaris. Ah, God. It's your Why? turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just like a moody teenager being woken up in the morning to go to school. I'm an evil kid. Leave me alone. <laughs> Don't we fucking know it? <laughs> yeah, Zaris is, uh, he's saying the words, I'm not okay. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Zyrus has bought himself tickets. <laughs> Zyrus has bought himself tickets to see My Chemical Romance. Hey, don't you fucking diss take My Chemical Romance? I'll diss them Asshole. all I want. I am. I am not joining the Black Parade. You can fuck off with that shit. Okay. So my 
Mine's not a dirty 20, but like, it's you know. It's not far off it, I'll give you that. So with a 17, <laughs> again, very much to you guys' advantage, your portion of the, the watch begins to go off very much uneventful and without any hiccups, problems, or complications. Just as the sun is beginning to crest and you see the, the dark um, midnight blue of the Venoran sky ever so slightly begin to brighten, you get the sense that you've got about four more hours, or about, actually no, say about five and a half more hours until sunrise. And you can judge that you've got a little bit left of your watch before you get your, your final portion of night's rest before you wake up the next day. You feel this sensation inside your head. It's a familiar sensation. It's the same sensation that you feel every time that the Ice Queen is reaching out to you. You feel the connection establish. It takes a little bit longer than normal, though. Normally, it's a, it's a fairly swift but um, fluent connection. But this one's a little bit staggered. This one's like, it's, it's taking a little bit more effort to establish the connection this time. Her voice creeps into your head. You're a long way from home, boy. What brings you here? King asked us to look for a tapestry and a famous artifact that was stolen. It's not like you to answer to authority like that. You know that you're the only one I truly answer to. I know. I also know the grounds of which our deal was established. Doesn't come as any less of a surprise. What do you make of this place? If it was a little colder, it would almost feel like home. I think it's got a long way to go before it begins to feel like home. You had, quite, May. you had quite the eventful day. You're in uncharted territory, kid. I can safely say this is not somewhere you've ever been. Well, keep an eye open. Keep an open mind. We'll see if, uh, this land is as harsh as it looks. But just remember, you guys have a mission. A bigger mission than this. Don't lose track of it. I won't fail you. I don't expect you to. You begin to feel the connection begin to weaken until the point where it eventually disconnects. Make an insight check for me. You... Uh... 
Nat 20, bitch! Holy shit. <laughs> Let's fucking go! Okay. Nat 20 for a total of 23 for those listening at home. During your conversation with the, the Ice Queen, there's a... Does anything strike you as odd? Did her tone resonate with you the same way that it normally does? Did the way she spoke to you sound the way that she always conducts herself and, you know, addresses you? She ever called you boy before? I, I mean, you have a fairly casual relationship with the Ice Queen. You guys have... The two of you are... Yes, there's a there's a, a severe level of formality within the the hierarchy of the connection between the two of you, as warlock and patron. And you've served her for decades now, and you've served her faithfully, and dutifully, and you've done everything she's ever asked of you, with blind, almost blind obedience, and with good reason. She brought you back from. The brink of death. She's the reason why you're still here. She's the reason that you have inevitably ended up meeting Anon and Alera and walking down the path that you are currently on. But with a nat 20 on insight, the tone of her voice and the tone of her conversation and some of the some of the ways that she phrased her responses to you just doesn't sit right. It's, it's off, and it it it's hard for you to put a it's hard for you to put a finger on it. It's it's lingering in the back of your head, like an itch that you just cannot physically scratch. So, is there anything else that you would like to do with your portion of the watch before you hand on over back to Alara to take the final, uh, the final four hours until sunrise? Uh, I'm going to put those thoughts in kind of like the back of my mind and then drink my XP coffee and then wake myself up and then, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Did he really just put a sponsor in? Yeah, yeah, he really oh. he really just plugged <laughs> into someone he, else's podcast. He really oh. did just plug one of his own sponsors. We haven't been plugging things, so you know what? I did it for you. I'll You're welcome. I'll plug you in a minute if you <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Okay. Just make sure you don't watch me like you did that cast iron skillet. Like. Hey, listen, I will mustard gas you nine <laughs> ways to Sunday if I have to. <laughs> I just realized, uh, I just realized how bad that sounds. Oh, <laughs> you listeners, you said, you said, you said, you said it, not me. For the listeners, at, for, for the listeners at home, I do not condone mixing of two varying cleaning and gen generic household cleaning chemicals 
which are perfectly safe to use on their own, but you're ill-advised and just very much of a, fuck it, this'll work. Don't do it. It'll I'm take... surprised that Anon didn't slap you into next she, week's session. She wasn't Why? there. She wasn't, she wasn't there at the time. I only fair. just heard about it on this fucking podcast. <laughs> so this is the end of Duckies and Dargons. If you want to get a new DM to uh, cover for these future sessions, please oh, make don't you worry. him I've, surprise I've, and we get the notes off him. Don't, don't you worry, I've already organised it that if, uh, if anything should ever happen to me, then Anon is going to be implicated and Rillian's going to step in as the DM for Duckies and Dargons. Oh God! He hasn't been told yet, and I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm hoping I'm gonna get a DM from him in a couple of days if he listens to this episode and going, "What the fuck?" Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker! Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> anyway, uh, wrong dice, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, hell, I, I it could be. You, you, you never know when you're gonna end up making a mistake and rolling the wrong dice. Anyway, but I I will sip on my coffee and uh, I will casually wake myself up and allow the others to continue with their sleep. Okay. Also, so, I would like to look at the two rocks that I have in my pocket that I don't know how they got there. <laughs> wow. Also, I, th okay. hold on. I thought you woke Alara up to do the next. I thought. Yeah. The next you're, you're getting... And, and Zaris is drinking coffee to wake up. No, I, I just finished the watch. Like, I was... Supposedly, okay, the last so you're one choosing. Okay, okay, so you're choosing not to. You're choosing not to go back yeah, to sleep. Yeah, it's, okay. it's almost daytime, so okay, there's no point okay. in me trying to go back to sleep. You okay, know? okay. In that case, I'll say that all three of you get a long rest. You re see, well, you replenish any hit points that you may have lost, any spell slots that you may have expended. What about the rocks? I want to know about the rocks. <laughs> well, that's the thing, Zara. So you pull, you you delve into your backpack as you're fishing out your your coffee cup and your your coffee and you know your your little apparatus. And where I might ask, where are you getting the water from, and how are you heating it? Uh, I can create water. <laughs> okay, how are you? Ice magic, bitch. How are you heating <laughs> it though? Uh, you can create like I have. Well, he's cooking equipment. He's got his stove. Yeah, my, uh, okay. my, my yeah, my 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 the cooking I was kind of I was kind of expecting him to turn around and say, "This is ice coffee," but okay. He's got a cast iron too. I, I mean, yeah, like yeah, I could technically do that. Yeah, sure. I shut can make up, ice coffee. Shut up, Alara. <laughs> anyway, you delve into your backpack and you fish out the various utensils that you need in order to make your your morning brew. And you find these two oval stones about the size of your part, the palm of your hand. They're completely smooth, polished uh, stone. They're identical. You get the sense that there's a strong, but very unpredictable magic ping coming from both of them. But what the ping coming from each stone is ever so slightly different. One seems to be one that emanates magic, and one seems to be one that receives magic. I look at the rocks and say, what the fuck is F-A and F-O? And why do I have these rocks? And I, then I go wake up Alara and say, Alara, did you put rocks in my bag? Person, 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 
Not from here. Uh, I'll toss one of them. See, see what I'll toss Alara the fo rock. Okay. Alara's a turtle in the rock, and she's looking kind of tough. I'll say that. No, I didn't put these in your. Go ahead and make a Arcana check for me, Alara. Don't think I've, I don't think I've had you make an Arcana check before. I've never ruled an Arcana, but you know. Oh. First time okay. everything. Fourteen. You get the feeling that this is something that you can utilize the incoming effects of, but it requires you to attune to it. Um, I'm getting a weird sensation from this stone star. Um. I, it it seems like, like if you were to hit a rock, it feels like I would get the hit or some. I, I'm um I'm, I I I I I don't know communication or something or. So I'll shake the fa rock to see if it will activate. Oh my god. Okay, okay, because I wasn't anticipating. I live for chaos, bitch! <laughs> uh-huh. Don't I fucking know it. Need to wait for my PC to find the fucking file, because apparently it is... somewhere in Let's the depths of hell. Let's play some hold music. do 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 Ah, uh, please tell me I have not lost the fucking sheet for this again. We could just say, uh... No, we're not gonna just say, we're gonna... Uh, no, there's a couple of words I can say for, uh, Zaris. Nah, 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 and I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Because I can't do the actual song, because copyright. Ah, there it is. Okay. So you shake it, Zaris? Yeah, I'll say something okay, happens. I'll, I'll say nothing happens, but you get the sense that that's because you have to attune to it. Which would take about ten minutes. Alara sort of like lifts the stone up and down the right... They sort of like, not, not juggling, but like tossing their... Uh, yeah. I want to spend ten minutes to attune to it okay. and then shake it again. Okay. So you shake Great. it. Go and roll a d100 for me. 93. Oh god, what's 93? I have a feeling that's a bad one. <laughs> yes, Alara just growled. Oh, <laughs> shit. Alara. You said shit. The stone, that you, hold in, the stone that you hold in your hand begins to glow a vibrant shade of red. Here's what I need you. Here's what I need you to do, Alara. And I hate that this is happening. You fucked. You fucked Alara over, haven't you? No. But you're about to fuck Cyrus over. Woo! I need you to roll a one d eight. A three. 
my god. Okay. Zaris, as you watched Ilera's stone glow that vibrant shade of red, you see that it begins to build up from very subtle until it's so vibrant that the stone may as well be a burning piece of coal in her hand. And it stays like that for a good 10 seconds before this pulse of energy erupts from the stone and spreads out, forms a red orb in front of her, and then comes barreling towards you. As it impacts with you, you begin to feel this odd shifting sensation inside your body. Almost like your, your form is transforming. You can feel your bones adjusting, the muscular, like your, your muscle structures and fibers beginning to twist and contort. On Anon and Alara's perspective, you're seeing Zaris writhe and contort and bend and shift in ways that are completely unnatural and some ways you've never even seen people bend and shift before. Not only that, but his skin tone begins to change. You see it actually go from the, the typical humanoid skin that he had to short, dense fur. Until after about 60 seconds later, Zyrus is transformed into a horse. <laughs> well, what the fuck? Zyrus. For 1d4 days, you are now a horse with all, ah. with all of the stats that accompany it. Ah. Well. Sorry, you cut out there, so I just... Did the I? The last thing I heard was... Well, on my end, so the last thing I heard was fur, and then... Basically, you, you've fur. just... You, you turned me into a horse. I, I, you gave me the stone, right? I, I gave you the F.O. stone. I have the F.A. stone. But you turned me into a horse for three days. <laughs> wait, wait, have you, have you rolled the, the, the D4, Zyrus? I thought that's what the... No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. it was a 1D8. Okay. I thought that's what the D8 was for. No, 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 no. <laughs> for two days. For two, for two days, Zyrus is now a horse. <laughs> well, I guess Zaris is a complete fool tonight. Then. <laughs> oh my god! I'm There's no chance he's gonna die tonight. Oh my god! Don't worry, he's in stable condition. Hey, hey, hey! It's what they eat. Uh, mm, no. That's that. Oh my god. That's the last straw. So, <laughs> as the sun begins to rise in Venora. Wait, wait, wait. Are, are Adam and myself not going like, to comment on this? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm guessing, like, Adam's looking stunned as a lair and looking at the horse, like, um. Kate, you saw he gave me the stone, right? Why is it weird <laughs> shit always happens around you guys? I mean, look at the plus side. We don't need a mount, but we don't know how long this is going to last for. Or if he can be cured. 
Would you want to ride him? On you go. No, on you go. You're more nimble than I. He's not exactly my type. Elera's gonna walk up and just pat Horsar on, on the top leg going, um, don't suppose you could nod or not nod to see how long this is probably gonna last for you, buddy? Am I intelligent enough to know all that? Because <laughs> uh... I need... I, you know what? I'm going to pull up the stats you for a you horse. You understand. <laughs> uh, D20 riding horse. You have a... You have an intelligence modifier of minus four. Okay, cool. I'm going to kick Alara. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and... Roll just one, one D twenty plus five, Zaris. Just because Alara patted him on the head and said, "I don't suppose you know how to Listen, listen, horse, 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 Zar, horse, Zar can't understand a word that Alara is saying. Nor the call Zar Zarius. The Zarian Stallion. <laughs> Fuck it. That's the name of this episode. No, because that would be a spoiler. 17. 17 will hit Lara. I know that for a fucking fact. So go ahead and roll 2d4 plus 3. Oh, Lara, as you pet the Zadian Stallion, you don't see it, but Zyrus's back right hoof collides square in the side of your knee knocking you square down on like to like basically to your knees you feel this sharp searing pain spread from your knee all the way up to the uh the rest of your leg as you buckle and you are now like face to face with like the belly of the of, of zar of horse czar damn it you bastard we had a deal DM, I'm going to ask you a very important question, and this will give you more content if you answer this in a way I hope you will. Oh, God. I'm already if terrified. I were, <laughs> if, I, if I were to run away, would you make additional episodes to where they have to come and save me? Oh, my God. No, 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 no. That is no. not happening. No, no. <laughs> no, you run away and we leave you. Right, so Anon approaches Horse Zaris. Make, make an animal handling check. Because you technically have to. If she fails, I'm bolting. Oh, God. I mean, it depends on what the DC. Oh, my God. I bolt. I bolt. Anon! I'm, I'm gone. Okay, well, as you go, Elara wants to see if, like, there's anything that Zar Zarius left before he ran. Oh my like, God. when he turned into the horse, like, was his jacket? Oh, yeah, all, all, when of, he all, of, all of Zarius's shit is still there. So, look at him. So, like, his ice cube from for uh, Muffin would be there. Oh, yeah, right? yeah his, all of that his would still be there. His, yeah. entire, right. his entire backpack, all of the stuff that is still lying on the ground from when he made coffee. All of his shit is still there, but you watch as horses are halts. <laughs> okay, here's what I want to do then, right? So, Elera is going to take her rapier out, 
swish it to put it in flames. And she's going to summon the bullets like, right, we've got a job to do, but first of all, is there any way you can hide most of this shit? Not move it yet, but is there any way you could hide this shit? And the, I don't know, DM, would you allow this? I'm trying to figure out a way on how a bull's going to be able to hide Zyrus's shit. Like whether, like whether it just transfers it to the ethereal plane and keeps it there sort of safe for a bit and then retrieves sure. it back out. Yeah, sure. Wait, wait. Hold on. Anon? Wait, before he hides it, can can we try get and get Muffin out? That's, that's what I was, that's, I was going to be the next thing I was going to try Okay, and do, I'll so. say that because the crystal is technically lying on the ground, you can tr one of you can make an arcana check to try and see if you can summon Muffin using the crystal. <laughs> you had to roll in that one on the animal handling, didn't you, Anon? <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> so am I. I'm also fucking relieved that you didn't get a 92 because I'm, I'm not going to lie. Next week's session would have been cancelled because I would have had to sit and write an entirely new episode. You might have to anyway! <laughs> That's a 23, I'm trying to get Muffin. Right, okay, you're more than successful. You grasp the, the crystal and you try, you, you look down at it and go, come on, come on little guy, and poof, Muffin appears right at your feet, looks up at you and goes, Hey, lady. How's it going? All right. No, 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 no. You're good. No, 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 no. Shit, 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 shit. No, 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 no. What's wrong? Your master's a horse and he's ran away. Or so does it get naked again? No. I don't. What? No, 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 no. Is that as a horse? He, he. You're not talking. Oh, okay. That's what Elera just. Elera sort of shows, like, doesn't pass to Muffin, but shows Muffin the stone. He gave me this stone. He shook the stone. About five to ten minutes later, he grew fur, turned into a horse, and ran the fuck away. Now, you're, you're technically you're tuned to him, right? So surely you can sense, you know, what direction or something he yes. maybe. Yes, we went that away. And he points off to his left hand side. Then we need to, um... Get him back? Got, yeah, but we've got my bullfriend here, so we're going to try and herd him. I'm going to... I'm going to my bullfriend to hide We're going to herd him. Yes, we're going we're gonna to get some rope and try and herd him. Like, like reverse cowboys. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, kinky. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Lars. <laughs> so, 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 it was like, right. We, we had, we had, we had, I had rope from Zaris. Okay, so we've got about, what, 50 foot or something? I'm, I'm not sure we got the ropes. We're going to try and catch I've got him. a shit ton of rope. Even perfect, right. We've got our bullfriend to help. Now, I've, my, my bullfriend is going to hide a lot, of, a lot of his possessions in the ethereal plane. Is there anything there that we could use to capture him? What, on the ethereal? No, not in the ethereal. Like, is there any before I ask my bull to transfer his possessions to the ethereal plane? Any, have a look at his possessions, see if there's anything we one hundred percent need to get him back. You know him more than anyone. I don't know, Zarus. Is there anything in your possession that they could use to? I thought I thought, Zar I thought Zarus was going to take over doing the voice of Muffin. You see there. So that's well, he's a he's a horse. <laughs> 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 he's a 
a horse, Hilaro. You can't exactly speak he common right his, now. He's voice muffin before. Yeah, I know, but you know, given the fact it that is his own image. Get, oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. Given the fact that Zaris is currently busy being a horse, I need to. Uh, I I felt the creative decision to step in. I just as gave muffin. myself a vacation. Like, <laughs> I get a week off. <laughs> You, you might you might get a month off if you get a big enough lead. Right. Okay, so we've asked Muffet if he can look at any possessions or anything. I don't know. Zaris, needs. Zaris, is there anything in your in your possession that could be Zaris used to get doesn't you know back? he's a horse mayhem. Out, out of session, because Muffin would also kind of know. Okay. So out of session, what am I looking for is there anything, anything to help bring you yeah. back is there anything in your possession to you or to turn you back yeah to to turn i i don't know the the qualifications for how what the role is depending on, on how it's on. worded oh no i've got it oh, i've got no. it i've got an idea i've got an I, idea if, if, I, if, got I, if, if i have an idea because if it's, said, if, if it's the polymorph spell, all you got to do is hit me. But I don't know if it's the polymorph spell. I don't know the ramifications of what the the role did. I so, could potentially add more chaos. If you said all possessions that you had before you turned dropped, right? Yes, I believe that was my wording. Elera turns to Anon. Oh, no. Darling... Is his stuff there? Technically, no, because he didn't summon the staff. They use it in. Uh, technically, te it's part of his position, no, so if no, he's a horse. It technically, be technically, Zyrus summons his staff into the material plane and then desummons it. So it, it it when he when he doesn't have it physically on him, it's in another plane. But was it on him when he was standing guard? He, uh, Zaris, were you holding your? I'm, no, I'm going to rephrase that question. Had you summoned your staff when you were sitting having coffee this morning? If I'm, that was entirely a bad word, being, bad wording as well. <laughs> if I am being honest and Be to give the DM relief, I would not have summoned my staff unless needed. Um. There's so much phrasing in the last 30 seconds. Holy shit. Okay. And I also, on top of that, the rings would not be there because the rings were, I, I was wearing the rings. So the, the rings that I have would also not be there. So the only thing that you would have is the food supply and your basic essentials and uh, my Backpack. cigars. Uh, and the backpack, yeah. Okay, well, Elera takes one of his cigars, knows that Anon doesn't smoke, but she still offers her anyway. Does Anon take, or just still refuse? Well, the stone. No, no the, the cigar. cigar. Yeah, I'll take it this time. This is too much shit. Right, so she passes the cigar. And she takes them, she, she lights a match, passes it to Anon, lights a match as herself, lights her cigar, and looks at the bull going, right. Alright, hold up. I pause. Just... Pause. Alara, oh. roll a 1d4. Oh no. I thought, you said you had normal cigars. No, I said I had cigars. I didn't say normal cigars. Alright, okay, four. Okay. 
uh, you now have plus three to your AC, and you see a giant frost shield appear in front of you. For how long? Uh, it's a concentration spell, okay. and it will last... Plus three to AC and what? Sorry, Zars. Plus three AC and shield. You've got a, a white shield in it front lasts, of you. You have a kind of like a shield in front of you. It lasts for a minute, and it's a concentration spell. And anybody that tries to attack you has to make a Constitution saving throw or take one d four cold damage. Okay. And on, you'll have to make the same roll. Okay. So okay, well, and so Elara looks at the like, right. Summon his stuff to the plane, keep it safe. Anon, you can get in the back with with. The yeah. What the fuck you. is this? Three. Uh, Larry pops up. <laughs> oh my god! Larry pops. Larry. Larry pops up and is like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" I thought Larry didn't speak. Oh, Larry can. Yeah, speak. Larry's. Larry can speak. Oh. He's just high all the time. No, I thought I thought that was George. <laughs> George, there is yeah. no George. There's like, Jeff. There's Jeff and Larry. Jeff, sorry, not Jeff. Oh yeah, God. I'm okay. Sure Jeff okay. Is the stoner, so boner. yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff is a stoner. Larry is the 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 badass. So, okay. okay, I'll give you that. Okay. So George George comes out like a badass. Right. I'm gonna say switches his non-existing hair. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. As Anon and Alara devise a plan in order to track down and potentially herd the Zadian Stallion and find out it, whether or not they are able to turn him back into the, the form that he is originally and supposed to uh, conform to, that is where we're going to end off for tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. For joining us on another episode. Can I, can, I just, can I just interject here and go? We started <laughs> off with flying on dragons to go into serious combat to Lara going down in, on, on a rope, getting almost attacked, summoning a bull that flies and attack fucking dragons to then landing a border, camping zones, and then Zaris is now a foal. It's been what? It's been a roller. It's, it's been a roller coaster of a session. What can I say, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you very, very much for joining us for another episode of Duckies and Darkens. We will be back next week to find out whether or not the disaster trio can be reunited once more in their original conditions. And no, we're uh, stable enough. We're stable enough. Jesus Fine. fucking Christ. Anyway, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, we love you very much. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful whatever it is, wherever you are in the world. And just like our players did tonight, go ahead and roll a 1D100 for me. Comment, like, you know, tag us on Twitter. Let us know what you rolled. And I may or may not DM you with what your fuck around and find out result was. Good night. Also, while we're at it, Roll for initiative. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>